Welcome to the Physics Buzz Podcast. I'm Cala Cofield. Today, we have a story that flows between physics, chemistry, biology, and medicine. And the common link bringing them all together? Muscles. The shellfish, that is. I was in Boston this past weekend at the annual meeting of the American Association for the Advancement of Science, or AAAS. There was a session at the meeting where researchers reported on what we can learn from muscles and the way that they adapt to a very harsh home environment. That knowledge might actually end up saving human lives. I'll explain how today on the Physics Buzz podcast. The ocean coastlines of the northern United States and Canada are decorated with mussels. These little mollusks attach themselves to rocks and other hard surfaces along the shoreline. Of course, you can find a wide range of wildlife in these areas, but the mussels really choose one of the harshest places to call home. They anchor themselves right where the full force of the ocean waves hits them. And that can mean that the mussels have to withstand thousands of pounds of pressure— It's like a jetliner is crashing into the mussels multiple times per day. Most creatures can't survive that, which is partly why the mussels take up residence there. It protects them from predators. Now, if you asked me before this weekend how I thought a tiny creature might put up with that level of force, I probably would have guessed that it was some kind of biological cement something rigid, and something thick. But in actuality, muscles accomplish this great feat of strength using what's called a bissel. It's a thread, just a little bit thicker than a human hair, and it's very flexible. The muscles use a collection of these bissel threads to attach themselves to a hard surface. Um, They're very strong fibers. I like to think of them as nature's bungee cords. That's Emily Carrington, a professor of biology at the University of Washington. Carrington started studying mussels nearly two decades ago. She wanted to know more about how mussels withstand so much pressure. Mussels live in lots of different locations all over the world, but it turns out that here in the U.S., we have one of the strongest mussel species. The outer coast species that lives on the outer coast of Washington, middle is California, and is makes one of the best bissel threads out there. So compared to other mussels, it's the gorilla of the inner tidal, um, really high-quality threads. And so I think one of the things that we can learn from that type of work is what is it about those threads that are different that make them stronger and tougher? That's the type of information that we can take to design novel materials. Now, people have known about this bissel thread for centuries, but it's only been in about the past four decades that scientists have really started to look closer and try to understand how these unsuspecting structures accomplish this amazing feat. So part of what Carrington talked about is the breakdown of these bissel threads. They have three distinct parts, the bottom, the middle, and the top. The bottom is where the bissel adheres to the rock. That's like the glue. The middle is what stretches and flexes when the muscle is getting moved around by the waves. So that's like a natural spring. And the top attaches the bissel to the body of the muscle. 
Herbert Waite was another presenter at this session, and he's specifically interested in the bottom part of the Bissell, the glue. Waite says it's not only amazing how strong these Bissell threads are and how well they adhere to their home surface, it's amazing that they can do it in water. So go to the hardware store and buy yourself a two-part epoxy. comes in a dual-barrel syringe. And now try and use that on a surface uh, in your fish aquarium filled with water. The adhesive won't bind to the surface uh, for a number of reasons, one of which is that that surface gets hydrated and has entrained water at the interface between those two things that you want to interact. That's a very, very common obstacle. And furthermore, lots of adhesives that are put together under optimal conditions, like clean room conditions, can then be taken out into the real world, and moisture will creep in uh, along the interface uh, to eventually lead to delamination. So for an organism to have figured out not only how to remove all the surface water, but to keep the bond intact is really remarkable. The secret to the muscle adhesion basically comes down to some creative chemistry. About 15 different proteins are used to make one Bissell thread, and each of those proteins possesses an additional chemical called dihydroxyphenylalanine, or DOPA. Humans possess a different kind of DOPA that's actually used in the treatment of Parkinson's disease. But in the muscles, the DOPA is what makes it possible for the Bissell thread to bond to a surface in the presence of water. The DOPA effectively pushes the water out of the way and allows the two surfaces to come into contact. Nature has these ideas not only of what ingredients should be used to make a material, but how to mix them together, how to build that material. And scientists can take inspiration from all of those aspects, which is exactly what Philip Messersmith did. Messersmith is a professor at Northwestern University, where he does research in the fields of biomedical engineering and material science. At the AAAS meeting, Messersmith talked about his work creating a synthetic adhesive that mimics the biological muscle adhesive. Messersmith explains that the muscle adhesive basically has all the properties that you would want in a medical adhesive. Almost all situations in a surgical environment where you would want to bond two tissues together or seal a hole in a membrane tissue or bond a device, a medical device, to a tissue, the tissue is wet. And so those concepts from the muscle and how the muscle goes about attaching to wet surfaces, um, we try to adapt and uh, develop into synthetic materials uh, not not of biological or origin, so we're, we're interested in learning about the proteins, but not using the proteins themselves, hopefully capture the properties of the native proteins. Messersmith and his group have been working on this adhesive for a decade, and they've just made it to animal trials. And they've shown that the adhesive can be used to seal up arteries without leaks and without clogging the artery. It's like a super glue for wet organic material. Now, they're also doing tests to see if this adhesive could be used to seal up tears in amniotic sacs. 
An amniotic sac holds a fetus during pregnancy, and it's full of amniotic fluid, which the fetus effectively breathes. So ruptures in the sac and drainage of that fluid can lead to serious and potentially fatal complications for the fetus, as well as complications for the mother. And right now, the best thing that doctors can recommend for treating these ruptures is bed rest, really just taking it easy so that the ruptures don't get worse. So far, Messersmith and his group have tested the sealant on the amniotic sacs of rabbits, and so far, the results are looking positive. Messersmith and his group, however, still have a long way to go before this adhesive makes it to human trials and then into the clinic, but it's on its way. So what would you do if nature suddenly provided you with the secret to making an awesome adhesive that could work in water and it could be used on organic and inorganic material? Marcus Texter decided to make better nanoparticles. Nanoparticles are, well, they're particles that are only a few nanometers in size. So we're talking thousands of times smaller than the width of a human hair about the size of a large molecule. Nanoparticles have a wide range of applications and potential applications in medicine, but physicists have been heavily involved in the development of nanoparticles because you need a lot of physics tools and know-how in order to work with things that small. So nanoparticles are basically like little messengers. You give them something and say, hey, go deliver this to this location in the body. And the nanoparticle is so small that it can travel through a lot of physical barriers that might pose a problem for a bigger messenger. But in addition, you can engineer nanoparticles so that they only interact with very specific things. So let's say you give a nanoparticle a drug that's meant to treat cancer cells. And then you might engineer the particle so that it only wants to bind with the tumor cells, so it never accidentally delivers the drug to a healthy cell. But one problem with nanoparticles is that they tend to cluster together. And that's bad because then you get one big particle that can't do the job you sent them in to do. So someone had the idea to put chains of polymers on the outside of the nanoparticles. The polymers are just kind of like bumpers. They keep the nanoparticles from sticking together. The trick is, how do you get the bumpers to stick to the nanoparticles? Well, how about using the same trick that muscles use? Texter and his group took inspiration from the muscles' dopa mechanism and used a different type of dopa to attach polymers to the nanoparticles. Their designs haven't made it as far as Messersmith's adhesive, so it's not in medical trials yet. But Texter thinks it's a good example of how bioengineers can look at what nature has done and go even further. And while in the beginning I thought, you know, you just copy one element maybe out of those proteins and that's it. But then it turned out in the lab you can do things that nature cannot do, right? You can take the principle but then add additional functionalities. So a biological organism has this mechanical mechanism that uses a chemical trick to accomplish a feat that has applications in medicine. 
Like I said at the top, this story blends a lot of different fields together. If you'd like to read more about the work that these researchers have done, I've posted some links on our blog, physicsbuzz.physicscentral.com. Thanks again to Emily Carrington, Herbert Waite, Philip Messersmith, Marcus Texter, and AAAS. I'm Cala Cofield. You've been listening to the Physics Buzz podcast. As always, you can find more podcasts, our Physics Buzz blog, resources, and so much more at physicscentral.com. Tune in next week for more Physics Buzz.